Black Girl Roundtable. Hello, what is up everybody? I am Dana. I'm Jelena. And I'm Asha. And this is Black Girl Roundtable. Um, I would like to say a special hello to everybody except for Spotify's AI, which keeps flagging our episodes when, you know, we sing a song or hum a tune as music distribution, um, a big old, you know, forget you to, to that software. But um, other than that, hi guys, how are you doing? say it's sunday so i'm sad i gotta go to work tomorrow but (laughs) you know we live we go on right i'll show you're muted somehow all right there you go so um uh, i had a i've had a really great weekend so the fact that tomorrow is uh monday is a total buzzkill yeah is that it I don't know what's in the air. I have been having a pretty decent weekend, too. Yeah, I'm going to say, I bought my first Christmas tree, y'all. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we did. Pray for me. <laughs> it's a real one, too? Oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> I can barely keep flowers alive. You think I'm going to keep a whole tree alive until the 25th? I didn't realize you had to water that shit. I said, yes. Oh, my dad insisted on getting like real Christmas trees ever since we moved into our house. So I know the upkeep and Jelena ain't Mm-mm. upkeep. Not with two dogs additionally. Like, oh, yeah. No. <laughs> I think I'm team really good fake tree. Same. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to spend the money on a really, really good fake tree, because my thing is you can have that really, really good fake tree. For years. For years. Yeah. The one my mom has, we've had since I was a kid. Um, and it still lights up. There's never any issues. I think we've maybe changed like a couple of the bulbs here and there. Um, but it's a great tree. And the one I got, the one I just bought is not a great tree. Um, but um it was if like for it just to be me, it's a solid tree. I bought it for like 30 bucks at, at Walmart. It's six feet. It's cute. Yeah real trees just bring a lot of like different like problems i don't think people can actually think about when they're getting real trees like when critter jump out is over have you seen the video of the girl on tiktok with the praying mantis tree and praying mantis and that now you have thousands of little praying mantises that is uh, that is my i was like ooh, <laughs> my the worst nightmare i would <laughs> literally i would never buy a real tree after seeing that I'm never getting real tree after. Um, I saw that that and the owl. I said I am never. Oh my was, god! No, it was what? a girl who had a freaking possum in her tree. It was a whole possum in her tree. <laughs> I was like, absolutely, because you gotta think about it. These things are coming from outside. It's not like like yes, it's a tree farm, but the farm is outside. It's a tree. So it's a tree. And you can't so even get mad at the animals. It's like I'm in my element. Like disturb their natural habitat. <laughs> Now, Yo. to the owl's defense, he was real cool about the whole thing. He was like, <laughs> he was, I, could just, I could just stay here if you like. <laughs> Hi, don't know how I got here, but if we could all just live, <laughs> just take a minute. Y'all cut down my house. That's a fact. That is hilarious. Mm. Well, without further ado, we are just going to jump right into what's trending for this week. Um, and we are going to start off with an event that you all know that we attended. Was there ever any question? The premiere of the Beyonce Renaissance film. Pew, pew, pew. Um, really the Blue Ivy Renaissance film featuring, <laughs> featuring Beyonce. Yes. Um, so uh, the film has been released. Um, and for those of you who... Um, either did or did not get to go to the actual tour. We get a really great look at the behind the scenes of the the production of the tour. We get to see some of the behind the scenes of Beyonce as a mother um, and just really how a show like this um, and all the different elements, be it the people, um, the set pieces and all of that come together to make a really amazing experience. First, we were exposed to the uh, premiere and all the looks and celebrities that came to the actual Renaissance film premiere. Um, So no no real need to spend a ton of time on that. Um, Just if there are any looks that we wanted to acknowledge, I will start off by saying Michelle girl did that. Church girl don't hurt nobody. Ate them all up. Okay. Michelle the Bridge Williams. Put some respect Mm -hmm. on her name. Put some goddamn respect on Michelle's name. 
Listen, and Kelly, a close second. Yes, of course. We wouldn't expect less. Yeah, all of Destiny's Child really yeah. showed up. Five of yeah. them. All five of them. Okay. Oh, sorry. I thought you were including Farah. I was like, was she there? I said, I said oh, five. I, said, I know. I had to. I had to count. I had to count. I had to count. Um, it's like the she was it. Yeah. No, I'm not yeah. counting. No, nobody's nobody's Farah. Oh, no. yes, Latavia, Latoya, Kelly, Beyonce, Michelle. Yes. Uh, Farah was not Destiny's Child. She was in the video. Say my name. Correct. <laughs> that is jokes. But yes, the premiere was fabulous. Um, I know we all got to see the film at this point. It's been out for a couple of days now, literally just a couple of days. Um, so I think we can all maybe just start off by sharing our favorite parts of the movie. Anybody want to go first? I'll go first. Um, first of all, the first thing as a theater kid that stuck out to me and I really appreciated was how much um, she was very intentional about like not just the cast and the dancers and like the band but also the crew and the production um element of it how intentional she is about lighting um, as someone dana and you know this as someone who used to do lighting for all of our productions um i was especially connected to that the um, light design portion was... light design portion i was like in my seat like just giddy um also, the fact that she put the crew in reflective gear, I thought was, and I saw it during like the show, right? Thinking, oh, that's because it's a lot going on. They need to see each other. For safety. I thought the same thing. But also on top of safety, it was like a, no, you need to see all the aspects of of this. And so to put her crew in reflective gear, I thought was just so genius um when usually they're in black uh second was the whole blue ivy kind of evolution and how she's so protective over her child and her children but in particular like like when my like my baby like and how that also just helped blue ivy with her confidence and her work ethic yeah. I just think for Beyonce to be your mom and to give you not just you be a Nepo baby, but you really like life lessons instilled. Like, you know, you're gonna you're not gonna do this unless you put in the work that I deem fit for you to be on this stage. I think also just in, again the intention of the album was to honor her uncle Johnny and the LGBT, LGBTQIA community. I don't know why I can't speak. I just we've been talking so much today. I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, and just about her uncle Johnny and how their family was able to survive because of fashion, how he was able to survive because of this outlet and how, and the impact that that made on their entire family. Um, and it just shows you how important community, like how, how important community and family is in all aspects and how like the damage that we do and the things that we're missing out on when we ostracize family members for not being cookie cutter, cisgender, homosexual, heterosexual, you know, like it, we cut ourselves off to such blessings and love within our family, within our community when we, when we ignorantly and maliciously do that. Um, I want to say, over, obviously, overall, the whole movie, because I got the best seat. We got the best seat from the best damn shows. So I can't say nothing. That was my favorite part. But um, I think for me, it was overall just seeing her as a person. Because, like, obviously, we know she's human. But, like, you, when you put someone on the pedestal of being an icon and being who she is, you kind of forget, like, you are a mother. Are a person you do go through health issues and all of these other things so just seeing like how she pushed herself to do this tour like first of all we all should be very grateful because she didn't have to do like honestly you didn't have to do any of this in between being sick and recovering from you know injuries and all kinds of things um and then I think the second part was I just love seeing the babies with Rumi yeah. and her little unique <laughs> Like, oh, <laughs> but I'm like, that's just a testament to like 
I feel like any like any black mom like yeah my babies is at work with me so what what you gonna yeah. say like they here with me they not doing nothing let them be so I just love seeing like the family of it like with how she interacted with you know the the dancers everyone like it wasn't like a I'm Beyonce like mm-hmm. you're below mm-hmm. me type of thing I'm like see this is what everybody I feel like this needs to be broadcasted all across the world in yeah. Times Square wherever because I feel like people just think. Like they put, they project onto her how they think that she should act, and obviously that is not the case. So I enjoyed it. I might go see it again. <laughs> Look, I might go see it again. I don't know, y'all. <laughs> I agree um, with with everything both of you said. Um, from the the production side of things, again theater creative nerd like in me just I live for that I lived for it during the homecoming film that we got on Netflix I live for it now um I I saw the light design part and I was like oh I should gonna love this um and then I also like Asha knows this about me I love stage design I when we used to do classes where we would have to build director's books my favorite thing to do was to do stage design and I really love simplicity in stage design and as I've kind of transitioned into this this other part of my career um without telling y'all too much about what I do on you know the regular um like media and technology in production and stage design has become a part of my life in a way that I did not think it was so to see them build that stage panel by panel and then to know that they've got three stages and so Two of them are being built in other cities while I'm performing on this one. Crazy and so brilliant and efficient and effective. And you really have to know your craft. And to see so many women in production was amazing. So that element was just amazing. And then the last thing I'll say is with Blue Ivy, 100% agree with everything that Asha said about Blue Ivy. The mm-hmm. only thing I will add is just, and I don't mean this in like the way that's going to sound malicious. For those of you who probably have seen this, like recently a, a viral clip of Northwest went out um, where her mom was getting fitted for like a pearl gown for, I think it was the Met Gala and they were both in the room and they were coordinating with the designer and her mother asked her what her thoughts were on the dress. And she gave a very candid opinion, but said things in a way that were honestly and very interpreted, interpreted as disrespectful. I took it as disrespectful. Um, and I, I, since I don't watch the show, I don't know if the behavior was corrected um, or how it was corrected. But I... I forgot this part, but you're saying it right now. So yes. yeah. But I really did not like... Um, just that interaction. And especially because unfortunately, you know, North is not unfortunately, I I, I don't want to say it like that. North's mother is not a black woman. And so she does not have the perception of what it means to be perceived as a, as a black woman and as a black girl in society. And so what she puts out of her public image and, and how she interacts with other people is going to follow her in a way that it's not going to follow other young white girls in society. It's just not. And so I'm not, I don't fault North for what she did, how she said things. She's a child. Child, children have to be taught the way in which to interact with people and to interact with working people. So I was very upset with her parents in that scenario for not correcting the behavior before it was, you know, what it was. And also for allowing it to be televised, um, that to me is a huge problem. And it's, I don't believe in criticizing people's parenting, but I'm a, but as somebody who cares about little black girls, I'm a flag you on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so to then turn around and see Beyonce as a parent and blue, who is in a very similar way, very opinionated, very involved in what her mom does, very involved in wanting to learn more about music and dance and performance and fashion. We got to see a moment where Lou, I think very, you know, excited as a kid gets, um, but very like, you know, zealously kind of interrupt and jump into a conversation that was happening between working adults. Mm -hmm. And so I think the way in which Beyonce acknowledged the fact that it's good that you have opinions and thoughts, but this is not how you talk to working people when they are doing something. A plus parenting of a young black girl 
A plus. And then to show how you did value her opinions. I did listen to her and I did put what she thought as a fully actualized individual person into my show, but still had a teachable moment for her about this is not how we can communicate as adults and you as a young Black child still do need to operate in the space and the mentality of an 11-year-old. Loved that. So, so well done. And the fact that those two clips have come out back to back, I just think I would would encourage Kim and Kanye to learn from that and be very mindful of what you televise and how people now perceive your child. Because I was pissed at the things that people were saying about North and you as a parent, y'all, you just, you just have to do better and, and you need to do better for a young black girl. I think, I, unfortunately, I think y'all failed her in that regard because that should have never, that should have never made it to our and I think what Beyonce did, and I can't like, because of that clip, be like, oh, Beyonce is like the best mom in the world. But sure. what, I, what I think, but I'm sorry, I just, I also like that clip. Was I just think that, but you know, to be determined. They'll, they'll, they'll right. let us know in, you know, in years, in the future. 10 years from now, we'll, you know, we'll see. know the truth. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. What I will say is, to me, that was a wonderful example of when people talk about gentle parenting. Because it's still yes. lifting your child up while correcting at the same time mm-hmm. in a firm way. Like, Beyonce was very much like, hey, girl. I appreciate your opinion, but we don't cut people off. So how do you affirm and discipline at the same time? To me, that was the perfect example. Like I was like, exactly. And seeing the clip of him, kind of not even addressing North at all, positively, negatively. Like she's kind of just like, okay. Like very much just like very passive more than she like fake tried to correct her she was like well these are real pearls so you need to learn you know what actual real pearls are and i'm like that's not the problem in the behavior regardless of whether they were fake or real pearls this person that you're standing with made this garment by hand and so for you to sit there and say you know this looks like it came from the dollar store you know i don't I don't, I don't fault the child for saying something like that. Kids say off the wall shit all the time, but you as the parent needed to pull her aside and maybe you did, but you did not show that immediately. And so that, again, you just put your, I'm not surprised that that moment took place with the, with the child of, you know, multimillionaires, but I'm shocked that you chose to put that on television and it remains to be seen whether or not you corrected the behavior, but now you've you've subjected an eleven year old to criticism that is unnecessary. Beyonce, a, a in that particular moment, a plus parenting, and then also the part of Blue Ivy section that really almost brought me to tears was watching her oh just step into her confidence and performance. Um, yeah. And again, I think that um, I think it was really important for young. Black girls who are Beyonce fans and, you know, eventually will grow into blue fans to mm-hmm. see that. Um, and I just, I, you know, my inner Black girl was like touched watching her have her moment in her braids, which, you know, doesn't seem like a big deal, but it is. Um, and just, yeah, there's just, I could say so much more, but I'll, I'll leave it there. Last, certainly not least, Amari girl, you are it. And I knew you were it, and the film confirmed it. Oh, all right. Moving on to our last topic for what's trending. Of course, we spent way more time than planned on Renaissance, but I'm not surprised. Did we know? Even in the slightest. Did we are, you, are y'all surprised? I didn't. I mean, <laughs> I, I feel see, like we were I, very concise. We could have right. done two hours of, of Renaissance film. Right. Um, we're trying to be nice to y'all because we also know that we spend an entire episode gushing about the tour. So. <laughs> We're trying to be reasonable. Um, Last but certainly not least, let's talk about something that's been blowing up on TikTok over the past couple of days. Um, So if you have been online, you have probably seen some of the conversation and controversy surrounding an influencer by the name of Winnie Parker. So Winnie Parker is a Black woman who creates content on TikTok, mostly lifestyle beauty content. And she made a controversial comment where... um, or excuse me, she made a con- she made a controversial comment in a since deleted video 
where she essentially said that black creators are not supporting black people are not supporting black creators and because of that it's better to have a white following than a black following um, and i will read specifically what she says or some quotes um so i'm paraphrasing here a bit but this is you know pulled directly from two of her since deleted videos and her apology video that is currently up. So her initial comments were to the effect of, it's better to have a white audience than a black audience because black people do not support black creators in the way that they need to be supported. She also goes on to say, I should have known better than to post a concept like this because most of y'all don't even understand the shit that I say. The black community is way more critical and are way, and are more like our our this is me struggling with her words, not stumbling over mine, and are way more less than to support than the white community or the Mexican community. So I think she was essentially trying to say Black people are less likely to support than the white people and Mexican people. Um, she also went on to say something to the effect of just because I do not sound like a Black woman doesn't mean I don't get to speak on Black issues or things that I notice in my community. I may sound like a white woman and date white men, but I'm allowed to speak on black issues. After saying all of this, the internet ate her up as they do. And she has deleted those videos and those comments and a posted an apology video. One quote from her apology video is to the effect of quote, I never intended to upset people as much as they've gotten. And I apologize for that. What I was trying to say is in order to have a massive following, you need a mixed audience. You need more than just one demographic and that the Black community really could support their Black creators more. And that was the point I was trying to get across. So I don't think it was, though, because if you when she finishes, when she doesn't really mention, she talks about a specific ad that she did. And I feel like. And y'all can, can continue with the conversation, but like. <clears throat> My mom told me a few years ago, uh, and she taught me a very, very good lesson. Um, and that was to stop making white people your moral compass and your standard. Because most of the time, right. it comes from a place of privilege. Whatever they're doing that they're thinking is right or correct, it's coming from a place of, place of privilege except for Uno. Wrong, but continue. <laughs> so I'll, we can finish this conversation, but I want to just say like she, I feel like she was very frustrated with brands not supporting her like she thought. And rather than blaming white privilege, white supremacy, in, um, inherent bias, she blamed her followers um, and that is very, that is just very, very detrimental. Um, and we can continue this conversation, but I like there, there was an extra layer that she did. There was an elephant in the room where there was an extra layer, a very silent part that she said, but she didn't say, but she didn't say. It was because oh, wow. the Macy's yeah. market ad didn't do as well. Yeah. Um, and she blamed her followers for it and not herself or the inherent bias of brands. Agreed. Right. And then she also proceeded to drag two yeah, black exactly. women into this conversation who had nothing <laughs> to do with it. First of all, you're going to drag somebody into it and try to comfort them? Please right. say their name, and, right? And to, to, to clarify, <laughs> that was here in the beginning, she did bring up Jackie Ina and Benita, who have both since made videos uh, correcting what she said and, you know, contributing a lot of their success and their ability to have any platform to the Black women that have supported them throughout the various stages of their career. Right. And I'm like, I'm not too well-versed with Fadita, and I know she has her own set of mm -hmm. things people find problematic. That ain't my business. More so on the Jackie Ina side. Um, what you're not going to do is say that that woman built her platform off of, not built, but literally, like, anyone who doesn't have supporters is Black women. Which that is, is literally, like... Like, what do you mean? Like, that is crazy to say. Like, clearly you don't, like, you just did no research at all. Like, you, you just make it false claims at this point. But also in the same breath, when you say these things, it's just like, you also have to take a step, be honest, and this might sound a little rude. You gotta step back and think about what content you are putting out there. I went on her TikTok, and I watched most of them videos. 
are they nice and everybody has to start somewhere yes but you also have that same in the same breath is the content i'm making what is like what is the audience feedback like you have to think of those things and clearly the feedback wasn't what you thought it was but now because you didn't do like you're not perfecting your craft the way you need to suddenly it's somebody else's fault that's the part where I'm like, and then you blame your followers, and now you're mad because your followers said, like, nobody's on your side. Them comments, you know something's wrong when the white women start agreeing with you, like, with the black people, like, something's not right. You're dead wrong. And then you're trying to make this apology video, which is not, not an apology video, because an apology does not start with it It wasn't my intent, but if I offended you, I'm sorry. No, you That's offended not us and you should be sorry. I agree with everything both of you just said. I think the, number one, the one the one thing that I want people to understand and for, for people who listen to our show or anything that we do, past, present, or future, the reason why we continuously say, even though we're, we're not as big, we don't have as much growth as certain podcasts, certain you know, creators, whatever, is because nobody is entitled to a platform and a following. It is absolutely a privilege and such an honor for people to care about anything you have to say and for it to be even just like organic or conversational content or something that's not heavily produced. To have people care about that and want to engage with it is 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 truly like it's it's not something that everybody is entitled to. It's not something that everybody should have. I think in the age of social media, people have disregarded the value of that. And so that's why we're always like, thank you to whether it's 10 people or 2000 people who listen to any of these damn podcast episodes. Thank you. You're not entitled to an audience. And while you don't owe people online and internet and digital spaces, certain types of content aspects of your life, the one thing that you should give them is respect. And so for you to disrespect Black women, regardless of whether your audience or whether they, they are your audience or not, for you to disrespect them and their power and the ability they have to platform people like they have been doing for decades in this country is absolutely ludicrous. And it shows that you don't understand the market in general. You don't understand your market and you don't understand how much of tastemakers we are, even on the app that you are trying to build a career off of. She has been on TikTok making content intentionally as a content creator for like what? two years Jackie Ina has been on YouTube since like 2009 over a decade yes it took her years to even be where there was no TikTok there was no Instagram she got it out there was no Instagram when Jackie Ina started hello hello we were just getting on Facebook it was YouTube and YouTube alone. There was no multi social media platforms to build. You had YouTube and that was it. And, and YouTube not at all. wasn't even what and, it is now. And, and That's... white dominated space. <clears throat> yes. To where you could, you, we only had one or two. We only had one or two. On the whole platform, a lot of people can't even, especially to any of our younger listeners, you cannot even imagine only having like two or three people total who are making valuable content online. And for us, I have been critical of Jackie Ina and and probably will continue to do so if, you know, she has behavior or things that are, you know, following in that regard. But one thing I will never take away from Jackie is the fact that she was doing it for the girls on YouTube with for years without any support or brand endorsement truly just from her passion the goodness of her heart so you can say a lot of what you want about jackie but the platform she has she's earned it and she's honestly if anybody's entitled to a bigger platform as far as like the creator space it is jackie ina and i what i find interesting about what um not interesting but like not like in a huh but in a girl what way about what Winnie had to say um, in the first and in the second attempted apology video is that she kind of saw the problem and somehow turned the lens to black people versus what the lens should have actually been on 
Which is why privilege. Child, abolish, abolish internet intellectualism because it's truly rotting your brains because y'all get half of a point. You get like half of a something and you hear a couple of words and you be like critical analysis. I'm a firm believer. Well, I'll say 10%. Now that's a little high. 5% of the internet intellectuals that are on these platforms know what they're talking about. The rest of y'all, I feel like it's become a trend to talk smart and to have these dissects and these deep dives and a lot of y'all don't know what you're talking about and we will absolutely flag that as a topic of conversation for another episode because we need to deep dive into that as well i trust people with the degrees that be on tiktok and the training i trust there it is i trust them black doctors that be telling y'all what to do the doctors i trust the, the lawyers that be on tiktok i trust the professionals if you say hi and and the therapists who have their clinical licenses in these subjects honey because we're gonna talk about that and we're gonna talk about how y'all have been girl bossifying news and i don't like that um but that is another conversation for another day and we're not gonna get shady because we could um we are going to put a pin in what's trending right there and we will be back with something you need to hear What is up, y'all? Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Black Girl Roundtable. We're going to get right back to it. But before we do, please make sure you are subscribed to the podcast wherever you are streaming so you never miss an update. And it helps us out to make more episodes just like this one. Let's get back into it. All righty. And we are back with something y'all need to hear. We have been looking about how we consume certain companies. And I think even before then, people have been starting to realize that we are right now just in an uh, uh, era of overconsumption in Western society, right? Um, And when do people overconsume more than the holidays? We're buying gifts, we're going to Christmas parties, you know, holiday parties. Um, We're making lists, checking them twice buying stuff twice um but it can all get a little bit overwhelming and also just very expensive um and for a lot of it just really really uh unnecessary um so as the bougie black girls that we are we are learning how we can fall out of overconsumption while also still you know leaning into ease and luxury. So what do you think you all overconsume the most? Mm, that's so hard. Um I think I have two. Um so my first is I wouldn't necessarily I guess it is overconsumption. I'm not even going to try and like polish it. Um I have a really big problem in my house with food waste. Mm-hmm. Um I over grocery shop. And I wind up after, you know, two weeks or however long the window is tossing a bunch of food. Mm-hmm. And I think it comes from like watching my parents shop for a household. So I grocery shop like they grocery shop. I grocery shop like I have to five feed five people for a week. When in reality, I have to feed myself and can probably do that a lot less. Um, so that's one area that I've like really actively been trying to to do better in. And I think this year I've found some tools and some methods that have really helped with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing I would say, it's, it's not something I overconsume as much anymore, but I do have to temperature check my consumption with um, beauty products, specifically hair products. Um, just black women I'm not going to say too much but y'all know how it is with our hair and when you're having like a bad hair shit month you just like any bottle any formula cocktail I can buy that's maybe gonna help me fix this I'm gonna buy these three wigs and this braiding hair and this and I'm gonna take it all home and I'm gonna figure it out and in reality I maybe only wind up really using one or two of those things. And so making sure I don't let the panic set in of I need to look like something and just really taking a breath and figuring out what I can actually accomplish and only buying the things that I need to buy to do that thing. 
yes to the two you said because I'm definitely that person. Like I'm like, oh, I got leftovers, and then the leftovers will sit. And yeah, they will stay left, and I'll be pissed when it's time to throw them away because I'm like, we didn't went out to eat and did this and did that, and we could have ate the food and for whatever reason we didn't want to eat it. Like it pisses me off every every other week, and I still have you know still working on it, still working on it. But um, I would say definitely this year, and I say for like the last two years, my biggest thing has been perfume and like smell smell good products in general perfume candles body wash lotion what if it could come from bath and body works or someone or somewhere of the nature yeah it's because it's it's a problem and if you know me you know i hate people who buy 17 of the same thing or like they have the wall of shower gels in the shower like it irks me but i have become that person and now i'm paying for it if anybody wants some shower gel, I will gladly ship it to you. Um, <laughs> I'm dead serious. Part of it became was by accident, and then the accident turned into an addiction, and now I'm starting to realize, like I will say all the time, like these things expire. We talked about that before, like so now you got twelve of these things, and it's like okay, you haven't even put a dent in the first one. What you gonna do with the rest of them? So. That, that is my biggest thing now and trying to just be like, you don't need this. So-and-so said that this smelled good, but that doesn't mean you need to buy it just because they think it smells good. You might think right. it smells terrible once you get it. Like all of those those scenarios that go by because, you know, if you're in the, the groups or you see a TikTok uh, video, like whatever it may be, like I'm easily yeah i've had to pull myself out of some of those groups like i loved yes black girls smell good and face- yeah. i loved that facebook group so much i had to leave. yeah and i stopped i put them on like mute because i was like i can't yeah do this because every other week oh so-and-so's coming out with a well i tell you it took a lot of impulse control to not buy that damn beyonce perfume i wanted so bad I was so proud of myself. I was so proud of myself. I and the only reason I was like, if I get this and I don't like it, can I definitely sell it? Of course. But it's still just a I'm hassle of like, you know, you, you yeah. said, I'm going to sell it. And then it sit in your house for six months. Yeah. And do you really need, I've spent so much money on Beyonce this do year. Do I need It'll be the okay damn perfume? <laughs> I don't get the, because I have perfume that I like to wear every exactly. day. Exactly. Okay. And, and that's the thing. You buy, you have your staple things that you wear all the time, or like you rotate between three, let's say three perfumes. And then you got six others just sitting there. Like, I don't need this. I'm not looking yeah. for a new perfume right now. If I was, I would buy it, but I'm not. So I need so to I stop. Yeah, it. don't even look at them. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, it has been, because I have an empty subscription, which I am. Sadly, but it needs to happen. I'm canceling my Ipsy subscription. I just have too much I def- stuff. I had to do the same thing. It's okay. <laughs> I have too much stuff. December is my last Ipsy subscription. I have too much stuff. I was like, and moving will have you looking like, how the hell do I have all of this? <laughs> like when you put when you start putting stuff in boxes and looking at it in like an, uh, a contained space, when you start to count yeah. physically, you're like. Damn. I throw away so much stuff when moving. I'm still, mind you, I'm still moving, but like I throw away so much stuff. It gets if you want to get to that point, Asha. Trust me, where you gonna be like, you know what? Just throw the rest of the shit, tra- throw it in trash. I don't <laughs> care no more because <laughs> it is nowhere for it to go in the next place. So just get rid of it. <laughs> it's too much. So for me, it really has been skincare and makeup for overconsumption. Skincare and yeah. makeup for. The second really is food. Yes, definitely. It, it, it really is food. I like, and it, it's real. Like, I was like throwing stupid stuff away. Like, and it's really hard when you like to cook too, because you, I will cook, and I know y'all are the same. I will cook a meal, but I'm so busy. I have to be realistic mm-hmm. with like, what am I? What are the meals you're actually gonna cook this week? And and do you need to shop for two weeks, or can you just shop for a week? Just because it looked cool when they cooked it on or made it on Instagram or TikTok, do you have the capacity within your week or within your month to cook that? Exactly. Right. I need to start telling myself that. Like, no, for real. Because like, there would be recipes I would say, like, oh, I can do that. And I did it. Like, I, ha- I ate, like, a bowl of it. And now I have all this left. Um, I only do quick meals now with, like, what I'll bookmark on TikTok mm-hmm. and Instagram. If it's not a quick meal, something I can fashion together in 30 minutes i'm not gonna try it because 
what am I ever going to souffle a potato again? Or, you know, That's whatever. That's me saving a braised short rib video. And I'm like, girl, you know damn well. You know, you're making no braised short, short ribs. <laughs> but in the event that you have the time. Yes. I know I have so many makeup palettes, like eyeshadow palettes. And I wear the same three. I wear the same three. Why do I need... I, why do I need 10? Why do, and it looks to me once I'm counting my makeup palettes. Yeah, I remember when we did that. We, we did lot. our little when does makeup mm. expire thing. Oh, yes. If you haven't already listened to our when does makeup expire episode, I forgot what it's called. I, but, I'll put it in the description, but you'll be angry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so this is a big lesson in terms of consumption. That shit expires. It expires. In, in a year at the most, at the, at the longest too. Think about how much you use these products. Think about how much you use these products. If it's a product that you use frequently, you can buy that more often than other products. But think about realistically, just because something looks pretty, how much do you really use this product on a daily or repetitive basis? So for me, I do my makeup once a week. Once a week, maybe twice. I have a like if I have events because I'm an event planner, right? But I keep it very neutral in terms of the eye, in terms of like the look in general. I love a nude, I love a brown, a bronze, a gold. I have so many palettes that are like bright colors. Da, 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 da. I may do bright colors once a year. I mean, I think I, I think in that makeup episode we did, I did give this tip, but it is really just transformed. Um, I, I didn't even really do it in the, well, maybe I did. I don't, I don't think I did it with overconsumption in mind, but I was overwhelmed trying to do my makeup with how much product I had. Um, so I, everybody remembers those caboodle train cases. A lot of us probably still have them. Um, and I have just a small standard one. I think they're like $25, $30 in Target or whatever. All of the makeup products I own, my personal kind of litmus test has to fit in that caboodle. I'm not a makeup artist. I do not do my makeup every day. And when I do do my makeup, it's like one of maybe five looks. And I'm even being generous with saying five. It's probably more like three. Um, two and a possible, like spades. Um, so with that, and with that in mind, I should be able, and, and, and this is the part that people are gonna maybe not like so much, including my brushes. Everything has to fit in that fucking caboodle. Um, and if it doesn't fit, I need to either throw something out or I need to reevaluate before I purchase. The other thing with, with palettes and, and one of my makeup artist friends actually gave me this tip, which I really appreciated is oftentimes we will buy palettes for two colors and there's like eight colors in the palette. And so she was like, if you're a neutrals person, which I think most of us are on the everyday, buy palettes of neutrals, um, and then start shifting your attention for eyeshadows to individual eyeshadow tins. They take up a lot less space. They are cheaper and you can get this color or this pigment that you love or these two colors and pigments that you love without having to spend the money on the entire palette and you will waste significantly less product. And I will give another tip on that. A lot of makeup palettes, particularly, and I will say what I'm thinking of that comes to the front of my mind is Juvia's Place. Juvia's Place has their big palettes in travel sizes to where you'll get five essential, essential colors to where you probably could use all five of them. But those are the, probably only the five you really actually would use. And so rather than getting like this big, thick ass makeup palette, you're getting this very small five maybe six color makeup so you have like your base your sparkle your whatever your contour all the colors that you need for a well-rounded and really pretty makeup look and then that's it most of the time that's, that's all I use I use like and again Juvia's Place Black Girls if y'all don't have no Juvia's Place palette what you doing run don't walk the pigment is there the colors are beautiful and they tr they transfer very very well reasonably priced for the quality of the product reasonably priced for really good quality um so 
this is not no ad, but just, you know, Juvia's Place. But if Juvia's Place, if you wanted to sponsor a video, we will simply do a Juvia's Place episode. Honey. Because I think for me, like with makeup, and I am somebody who literally has a small, it's a caboodle, but it is a small, a size of a small suitcase. suitcase it has wheels. It has a, a handle that comes up. And do I do makeup every day? No. When I do put it on, it get put on. But it's stressful because, and like like they know what I'm saying, like in the morning when you're trying to get ready, you're sifting through, trying to find, and it's too much. So now I got my own little, my little bag as if I'm traveling on my sink with the stuff I use every single day. And I'm like, this literally could just be it. But I've started doing travel size things, primers, setting spray, all that kind of, because why do I need the giant hairspray, hairspray size of Patrick Taz on till dawn? I don't. Because where am I going? I always get, like, I always the Morphe, the small Morphe um, setting spray. Because one, why do I need two setting sprays in the same kind? Just get the travel one. Exactly. Get the travel size. Because first of all, you shouldn't be using that goddamn much. (laughs) You shouldn't be using that damn much to be going through some, a travel size that quickly. It's going to expire before you can use it all. Like I can honestly, even like the regular size bottles of foundation, I cannot tell you the last time I finished a whole bottle of foundation before it expired and I replaced it. Like truly, I I can't tell you without no. And even for for perfumes, like I am somebody who actually really does like, I've got my, my signature scent, um, which I won't share on here (laughs) because I don't want y'all to be selling out my shit. Um, But I've got my signature scent and then I've got like, you know, other than that, I like to, to cycle through some things. And so smaller travel sizes has really helped me kind of like experiment a little bit and find what works and so and sometimes I know immediately when I love it like I'm gonna have to yeah. go back and get a full size but you do not need 10 in your house at the same time you at the very most should can't now you should if you are just like I need a variety of smells you need three and here two to three I do two because I'm really trying to not overconsume. Two to three. And, and they need to be whatever the sense that you most gravitate towards, they need to be of that. And it's one of them. And it's also just, I don't know. I also struggle with the the products of decor that a lot of you have fallen into. And I know we're not talking about home decor, but like you I don't know. under but I think a lot of y'all just buy the products to have them look cute in say you your got, shower yeah. or your your perfume I mean, uh like, shelf to so just say you got it like which like go buy some eucalyptus leaves like you don't like, need to it, this we is can not, do other things this is not tumblr no more okay we're older now yeah we're grown stop putting stuff just so that you see pretty colors everywhere exactly and to take pictures of the pretty colors put it in your little if it don't fit in the little in the shower shower cabinet or the shower shelves you know you have it. multiple shelves in like and i'm not saying like oh you have a shower cabinet that has like levels i mean multiple shelves like full-blown shelves in your shower there is a problem like it's, like, a, it's bookcase. a bookcase like, like no <laughs> we're probably gonna spend too much time on it i used to be like this but i'm getting a lot better at it in terms of overconsumption of fashion yeah um, so we need to leave fast, fast fashion behind in 2023. And this is not on no bougie, I can afford this and I'm better than y'all hoes because that shit is low quality, da, da, da. but it's more of a, you're going to have to buy it five times because this shit is not good. Buy it once or twice and then just have it. And when I say fast fashion, I don't mean, oh, like you can't go to ASOS or you can't go to Zara, like a brick and mortar, or you can't go to, I don't know, Nordstrom's or something that has like reasonably priced clothes. Like you have to shop at like clothing sites that have a t-shirt for $50. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is, Everybody's birthday brunch don't require a new outfit and new shoes. And note to self, every homecoming don't have to have a new fit. Every vacation, you don't have to buy a, a whole new wardrobe of bathing suits. I agree. I I think that 
I always have, and I always feel the need to say this just because it's a struggle that I have gone through, still went through sometimes. Like I feel for, especially plus size people because brick and mortar options, shopping in store, it's like non-existent. Right. Um, and right. note to plus size retailers, and this is as somebody who does, you know, can fit a 1X, 2X, a, an XXL in, in clothing store. It's not plus size fashion because they don't redo the pattern. And so it's still not built to fit a curvier body. A lot mm-hmm. of people don't know that. Still, sometimes, depending on your shape, especially for me, for bottoms, my hips, it don't work. Um, so I, I sympathize in that regard. Um, and so for me, I think it's, I've got the materials for it. And I'll, I'll, you know, if we ever get to this topic again in the future, I'll keep y'all updated. What I've really tried to decide to do in 2024 um, is really get back into thrifting Um unpopular opinion social media girlies ruined thrifting for a while but I feel like it's back to a point where I can enjoy it again so get back into thrifting and then also um start trying to go on my sewing journey and start utilizing recycled materials to start making my own clothing um unfortunately because a lot of the more sustainable brands and the higher quality brands don't make clothing in my size I'm gonna have to get creative and find materials and things that will allow me to craft my own clothing um and find it that way. Um, if you are somebody who's shopping lower quality fashion, I would just probably encourage you to figure out how to mend and repair your own clothing mm-hmm. because that has allowed me to reduce a lot of my consumption as well. And then finding ways to like make your wardrobe more ver- versatile. I think the the Fashion Nova era of clothing has made a lot of us focus on looks and not on having a wardrobe. And this is something that I'm still personally trying to flesh out, but I feel like I'm getting closer and closer. Like having pieces, having a little black dress and accessories that you can wear over and over again, having, you know, a collection of cocktail dresses as opposed to event purchase, event purchase, event purchase. And, you know, for my girls who are like, hey, Black Around Table, but I don't make that much money. I still want to look cute. I hear you. I hear you. I think like Dana said, you can still purchase from Fashion Nova, Pretty Little Thing, whatever. But just under, and my mom always says, take care of your cheap clothes like you would your expensive clothes. Don't throw everything into the washing machine and the dryer. Some things you're going to have to hand wash and let air dry. Read the label. They, there's a label on it for a reason. There's some things like, yeah, the stitching is going to come off. You may have to. Le- you're going to have to learn how to sew if you don't already know how to sew, or learn how to use a sewing machine. Um, my mama put me in sewing machine class over the summer when I was 13. It's a it's a game changer skill. But yeah, go out do do y'all do y'all thing. Have fun. We're young. We have disposable income for the most part. Well, for part so um yeah bi-weekly is is my cadence yeah bi-weekly just know yourself and know and look at the pattern see how much you're wasting and what are you wasting so that you can you know not waste that you know it's definitely something that i've had to learn that we've had to learn and are still learning it's not i haven't figured it all out yet but hopefully we're on to better, not just money practices, but just overconsumption. Cause it's not just about wasting money. It's just about wasting space and wasting materials um, that we, and resources that we just want to get away from. Deflation is in the future. We can do it. It's, we can do it y'all. We can do it. Just make sure that you're not consuming just to consume, but being very intentional about what you're consuming. Amen. I agree. That's something y'all need to hear. All right. We will take a quick break and be back with our question for this episode. What is up, you guys? Thank you so much for listening to Black Girl Roundtable. We're going to get right back into the episode. But before we do, please make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and following us on social media at the Bougie Black Girls on TikTok and on Instagram. You can also check out bougieblackgirls.com for articles, updates, and some info on some other soon-to-come produced projects by the Bougie Black Girls. Let's get back into the episode. Right. Okay. All right. We are back with our last segment. 
Ask Black Girl Roundtable. As always, you can ask us questions in our DMs, or you can email us at askbgr at thebougieblackgirls.com. So, since, I mean, it's December now, so, you know, yay Sagittarius, I I guess. Ooh. I guess. Hey, y'all. <laughs> hey. But previously, last month, the, the best season, objectively speaking, I'm not trying to get into it with y'all, um, <laughs> uh, was Scorpio season, and I entered the late 20s club sad face sad face sad face sad face sad face i was just a young babe at 18 years old and now 30 is just at the corner like hey what you doing and i'm not ready but in in light of that um i want to know so if we if we into them in the late 20s club if we if we had a real club what would be in the gift bag for our new initiates? And then what is one piece of advice you would give them? Okay, so we're doing three items in the gift bag and one piece yep. of advice? Okay. Um, My first item is some sunscreen. Yeah. Good um, Contrary to popular belief, black does crack. I'm going to elect black girl sunscreen because it is both affordable and the shit. Um, so take care of your skin. Middle age is quickly approaching and I'd like to stay looking like a youthful cherub and I encourage you all to do the same. Um, that would be my first item. My second item would be a gym membership. Um, I think that, um, and it doesn't have to be like crunch, planet fitness, whatever, like any type of fitness workout, (laughs) any type of fitness workout, whatever situation that you do um I think that is it's it's very helpful and as we get older especially as I'm watching the old 30s generation hit like their 60s and 70s the people who I remember when they were 30 and I was a kid like watching them now like battle certain challenges certain health challenges or whatever has just made me more conscious about like my fitness and my activity and things like that so I would encourage everybody as they get into their late 20s and early 30s Um, Just to think about movement and what that looks like in your life. Um, And the third item, I would say um, uh, either a Barnes and Noble gift card slash library card. Um, I just think it's really important to keep reading and to keep your mind sharp. And um, I just feel like as I enter 30, I'm hyper aware of my screen time in a way that I've never been before. Um, And so just trying to really be intentional about unplugging. Um, I think that item would be helpful for that. Um, and my advice would be, and this is me giving advice to myself as well. Um, so just kind of take it all in. Like, I know when you enter late 20s, it's like, oh my God, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30. But like, I am still 28. And after that, I'm going to be 29. And while life doesn't stop at 30, I feel like now I have the experience of my early and my mid 20s to enjoy my last two years of 20 um and I'm gonna do it don't be looking for me in 2024 because I will be outside um out of the country as much as possible and when I'm in the country I'm gonna be outside and I encourage all the the 20 somethings who are there to do the same I will be the girl in Drake's song wearing less and going out more um so also don't look for me to have no clothes on Um, And just doing the things, I feel like we focus a lot on inner child, but I think my last two years of my 20 are going to be focused on healing my inner teenager um, and doing the things that she maybe was shamed out of doing. I love that. Asha? So the first gift I would give someone who is joining the late 20s club um, or club 28 is um a year of free therapy Mm. i was gonna say the same yeah we can no longer blame our parents for our current action amen we can blame them for the reasons why we do certain things always why we are our certain way up to this point but we can no longer say oh i did this because you know my mama did this to me You are now the adult in your life. Second, 
I would get somebody a uh, massage something for their back. I can get everyone like a massage chair, something, something that sometimes the back pain is so real. I sometimes wake up <laughs> and get out of bed and be like, "Ooh, I was looking at Tempopedics the other day. Like, I gotta, we gotta do something." This morning, some. Somebody, I ain't gonna name no names. Got up and said, Oh, and I turned over and said, Are you okay? Okay. Like, did I say, We just need to move a little bit more? Gotta stretch. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I wake up in the morning and be like, All right, let me hit a couple of these. A body emotion stays in motion mm-hmm. but like the boys in motion give give it your devotion i think the third gift would be a hobby outside of their jobs we all just need some time just to take our minds off of things and that and have nothing to do with social media um we need to find a skill that brings us joy not just money Something untainted by capitalism. My advice would be, everybody not thinking about you. Everybody not focus on you. Everybody ain't thinking about you. Do the thing because you want to do it. Stop letting judgment and the fear of, of public failure stop you from doing stuff. Again, this is to Asha Teresa Moses too. You Way less people are looking at you than you think. People don't worry about you. They worry about themselves and they small tight circle. Do the thing. If if you fall on your face, people are not going to remember that one field project you had. Some might, but who cares? Are they going to beat your ass for it? Sure no. But everybody ain't thinking about you. Go back to school for that. Go back to school. You know, if you want to. Go, if you if you lost your way in, in dance or whatever and you... You're like, oh, if I'm I'm gonna mess up, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm not gonna look as polished as everybody else. Who cares? The mean girls never truly, truly win unless you stop. Okay. Do the thing. Do the thing. Fuck them. They're not gonna beat your ass. That's it. That's my. That's it. That's all. So the first two gifts I think will be kind of in tandem. Um, so it would be yearly subscription to HelloFresh or, you know, something of the sort and a cleaning service for your home apartment, wherever you are, because I know like as a working full time and then, you know, for some folks potentially going to school or having children, whatever it may be, those are the two things that people tend to like neglect when they are under stress. So just being like, yes. let me just leave. Even if you're not under stress, let's just say you had a long day and you come home and there's a pile of dishes or something in the sink. You're just like, ugh, my life. Like, <laughs> Or, you know, yes. it's laundry on the bed and you just want to take a nap. Like, whatever it may be. So, you know, cooking dinner, whatever. You know, just to alleviate some of that stress. And then my third uh, would definitely be some um, Alka-Seltzer or um, some lactate, whichever is your problem area. Because um, <laughs> no, in your late tw- don't even in your late twenties, your body start telling you that some things are not like you can't do this no more. Like you thought you could eat all them spicy foods, you thought dairy was your BFF, not anymore, friend. It's like you have pizza and ice cream, you old ragged bitch. Why would you do, do that? that? You supposed to pick one. Or the other. First time my acid reflux kicked in, I thought exactly. I was having a heart attack. I said, oh my God, I'm going exactly. down. So to help our new friends, I would do that. Again, to alleviate some of the stress, because that can, next thing you know, you at the ER thinking something for real wrong, and now you got a hospital bill. Nope. Take this real quick. Wow, I feel I feel a little yelled at right now. I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about that. I'm so sorry. It's exactly what happened, and wow. As someone who got diagnosed with asthma and severe acid reflux all in the same day, it's not fun. 
um acid reflux is a son of a bitch and can cause a lot of other problems so we and i don't know i don't know anybody who wants their stomach to hurt so you know lactate wonderful thing no nobody want the bgs in in public that's not fun and then my advice would be that this is just the start and not the end because i know as speaking personally i'd be like dang i'm about to be 30 I need to do this, 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 and this before I hit 30. Because once I hit 30, I'm too old to do insert task here. And I'm like, girl, you like just became an adult. Like, you're still a baby in adult years. Like, you're not supposed to know everything. Sure, you should have some things figured out and be on the, you know, path to things. But not everything is going to be figured out. Not everything that I am doing in this moment is like what you're doing in this moment is what you're supposed to do forever so just realizing like this may be a stepping stone or this may be being like oh this was not it this was not the right direction let's go let's do something else so just realize realizing that like this is just the start to you know whatever the journey is whether it's professionally personally romantically you know whatever it may be like it's never too late like it's people who go back to school at 80 years old like don't think it's too late for anything well shout out to the rest of late 20s gang if you're already there welcome to the club if you're on your way it hurts a little bit but it's not that bad and if you are in your 30s help us get ready because i'm i'm, ex- I'm excited but i'm also like i feel like there's something on the other side that y'all haven't told me and i got my eyes open but like beyonce said she said 40s are gonna be her best years and i'm like what is that like i've heard a lot of people I've heard a lot of people say that. No, because the people say, like, I thought I got it when I was 30, but then I turned 40 and was like, oh. Yeah, they be like 30. This, oh. I heard a lot of people say 30s is your new 20s. And I was like, okay, maybe maybe I get a second chance okay. at this. I feel like it would be like 30 is like 20s, but you know what you're doing? You have more money to do it. Uh, all right so that is gonna wrap up this episode of black girl roundtable thank you guys so much for listening as always um please be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss any updates and leave us a rating uh please also make sure you are following us on socials check out our website and we will catch you guys in the next one Bye. Bye.